Good morning and welcome to our service of worship here at First Church in New Knoxville. Today is Palm Sunday, the day that we remember and celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which kicks off the start of Holy Week. I do want to invite you to stand and join us for our prelude this morning. The song is Son of Heaven. And as we sing this song, we invite our children from our Sunday school classes to come in and wave our palm branches around. If you have a palm branch, we encourage you to wave that this morning as well as we worship the Son of Heaven.
seated and kids just like at the end of children's chat if you could go and find your families and go sit down with them thank you so much for helping us worship the lord this morning as we celebrate palm sunday in the start of holy week and thank you to all of our sunday school teachers who helped lead the parade as well there are several announcements i want to share with you before we start our our service here this morning or continue our service this morning uh, we do want to say congratulations to our confirmands. Today is Palm Sunday. It is also Confirmation Sunday. We're going to be hearing from our two students confessing their faith in the Lord this morning. If you'd like to follow along, you can find their faith statements in the back of your bulletin today. There are two roses on the altar today in honor of two couples celebrating 50-plus years of marriage this week. Jean and Pat Shralicky are celebrating 58 years on April 11th. And Tom and Diane Flutterjohn will celebrate 56 years on April 16th. Congratulations to those two couples. As I mentioned already, today is the beginning of Holy Week, so I want to remind you of the services that are coming up. On Thursday, April 14th, there will be a Maundy Thursday service here at First Church, 7.30 p.m. in the sanctuary. Communion will be served during that service. On Friday, April 15th, there will be a joint Good Friday service with United Methodist Church here in New Knoxville. The service will also be at 7.30 p.m. here in the sanctuary. On Sunday, April 17th is Easter Sunday, the day when we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we will have a full morning together that morning. At 7 a.m. is the sunrise service led by our youth, youth group, and that will be meeting in the ministry center. At 8 a.m., there is Easter breakfast in the social room downstairs, and that is well open to those that came to the Sunday service, but also you can come to the regular service early and enjoy a breakfast together. Um, if you are interested and available to help with that, I know Dave Bumbar is kind of leading that up and organizing it. I encourage you to reach out to him and see how you can help provide breakfast that morning. And then at 9 a.m. is our celebration service here in the sanctuary, and communion will also be served again that, during that service. And then 10.15 is our normal Sunday school hour. So as you are able to, I encourage you to join us as we go through Holy Week together, remembering Jesus' last days of his earthly ministry leading up to the most important event of all, which is his death and his resurrection. There's other announcements in the bulletin I encourage you to take a look at. But for now, as we continue to worship this morning, I invite you to stand again if you're able as we read our call to worship from Psalm 118, verses 1 through 4, as well as 22 and through 29. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it to this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession. Up to the I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let's continue to worship the Lord on this Palm Sunday by singing hymn number 173, All Glory, Laud, and Honor. Thank you. 
You may be seated. This time I want to invite forward our confirmation class, Ms. Parker Jones and Liam Lammers, as well as Tori to come forward as well. So today's an exciting day. It's, it's Palm Sunday, of course, which is it's an excitement in and of itself. But today is also Confirmation Day, the day where we get to hear from these two students about the things that they've learned um, these past couple of years as they've journeyed through Confirmation together. Uh, but most importantly, we get to hear them confess their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll hear from them about that in just a moment. It's also a good reminder. It's also a good opportunity for us to pause and remind ourselves about why we do a Confirmation, about why we do what we do. Right? Confirmation is an opportunity for us. The purpose of it is to lay a strong, biblical, and faithful foundation that they can then build their lives on. Right? We remember that Confirmation Sunday, this day, although it is a celebration, it's not the finish line. It's one step on their journey of faith as they seek to love and serve the Lord all the days of their life. And our goal as a church, then, is to equip them right, with the knowledge and the tools and the desire to grow in their faith, not just while they're here and students in our youth ministry, but also throughout their lives as they, as they, whatever they may find themselves doing. And so each of these two students have worked hard to get to this point. In year one in confirmation, we give them a kind of a very, very broad overview of scripture from creation through fall through redemption. And in year two, they studied our first church faith statement, which give them an opportunity to to really dig into what we believe and why we believe it as a church, and not just in an in a informational theoretical sense, but to apply it to their lives as well. And so today they'll stand before God, of course, before you, our church family, and confirm their faith, their faith in God the Father who created and sustains them and works all things together according to his will, and God the Son who died in order to save us from our sins, and in God the Holy Spirit who resides in us, and sanctifies all believers. And so, Parker and Liam, as a the graduating confirmation class today, I have the following questions for you. Do you desire to be confirmed into the faith and family of Jesus Christ today? Do you renounce the powers of evil and desire the freedom of new life in Christ? Do you profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do you promise by the grace of God to be Christ's disciples, to follow in the way of our Savior, to resist oppression and evil, to show love and justice, and to witness to the work and word of Jesus Christ to the best you are able? And do you promise, according to the grace given to you, to grow in the Christian faith and be a faithful member of the Church of Jesus Christ, celebrating Christ's presence and furthering Christ's mission in the world? Praise God. Praise God. Now, church, this is our opportunity, along with them, to, to once again confirm the faith that we hold dear. Uh, let's take a moment and recite the words of the Apostles' Creed, the words are printed in your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So one of the blessings of this confirmation class is that these students don't go through the journey alone. I know the two of them are good friends, and they've been encouraging and, and challenging one another throughout this process. Um, they've studied together and encouraged one another and pushed one another to grow in their faith. And they've built relationships and built on their relationship that they already had as friends uh, to a point that I hope we pray lasts for a lifetime. But they're also part of, a first, of our first church family. God gives us the church so that we can encourage and support and build one another up. So church family, I encourage you to support these two students in the commitment that they're making today. We all know that we can't do this on our own, right? God places us in a church family for a reason. It's like the old story goes about the, uh, the coals burning in a fireplace, right? You take one of the coals out of the fireplace and set it aside and it'll quickly lose its heat and quickly cool down. 
But as soon as you place it back into the fireplace, right, it'll flare up back to life and once again glow red and hot. The same, the same is true for our connection to our church families, right? God places us here in this church family for reasons so that we can encourage and support one another. They've experienced that in a, in a very real way these past couple of years in confirmation, but it's a call that we all have as a church family to, to encourage and support one another, and especially these two as they confirm their faith in the Lord today. And so, church family, I invite you to... to answer these following words and the questions are again in your bulletin. Do you promise to love, encourage, and support these brothers by teaching the gospel of God's love, by being an example of Christian faith and character, and by giving their strong support of God's family in fellowship, prayer, and service? We do. And and to the class, do you promise to accept the spiritual guidance of the church, to walk in a spirit of Christian love with this congregation, and and to seek those things that make for unity Purity. All right, now this is the best part. They're nervous for it, but we're excited. Uh, our students have been working on their faith statement for the last year, uh, and it's now time for them to share with you what God has been doing in their life. So I'm going to invite up Parker to come and share his faith statement with you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects his instructions does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7-8 I chose this life first because it shows me how God calls us to live. For we must live to be holy and not impure in the Lord's eyes. Also, as the verse states, when we disrespect God, we are not only doing it to a human, we are not doing it to a human, but an all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving God. I believe in God the Father, creator and sustainer of all things. He created the heavens and the earth and created us in his image to dwell on the land. I see God the Father as a caretaker. He listens to me and provides for me when I need it most. And also he is willing to give up anything for us, such as his son. I believe in God the Son, who came down to earth and died for us on the cross to save us from our sins. He was both fully God and fully human. To me, Jesus is a savior and a teacher. He saves me so that I could live a God... I could live a life in God and will save us again when he comes back to completely get rid of sin. He teaches me through his word and by his teachings in the Bible. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the third and final member of the Trinity, who lives with with all who accept him. He came to dwell in born-again believers after Christ died on the cross. In my life, the Holy Spirit is my guide because he helps me make good decisions pleasing to the Lord and live a holy life. My faith impacts my life by leading me to God each and every day. My faith keeps me hungry to learn about God and live in His Word. After confirmation, I want to further extend my faith and take time to come closer to God. I also would like to keep going to church and other church-related activities, such as youth group and Bible study, and with that, learn and contribute to these things in order to not only learn myself, but also to help others learn about God. When I become a member of the church, I would like to be involved by playing my part in the church and helping younger people learn about the Word and about the Lord. This might be a help by helping at Sunday school or VBS, but no matter what God calls me to do, I will put forth myself to help, and in the end, without the help of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I have nothing, because they give me the power to do all of this. Yeah. All right, I have a few questions for you. So, Parker... Do you here in the presence of God and of this congregation renew the solemn promise and vow that you made or was made in your name at your baptism? And do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and pledge your allegiance to his kingdom? Do you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments? And do you promise, according to the grace given to you, to live a Christian life and always remain a faithful member of Christ's holy church? Praise God. Parker, I invite you to come down here. And as we move down here to pray, I want to invite our elders as well as Parker's parents to come forward. Parker, this is our opportunity to pray for you, our opportunity to encourage you. And this is, you know, your parents here that have supported you along the way. And and the elders here represent your church family that supports you and encourages you as well. And so we want to 
um, just know that we are supporting you and, and having heard your profession of faith, having heard your faith statement, it's our joy to confirm you in the faith this, this day. So let's pray together. Parker, may the God of mercies multiply grace and peace in you and enable you truly and faithfully to keep the vows you make today, defend you in every time of danger, preserve you to the end, and finally bring you to rest with all the saints in glory everlasting. We rejoice, O merciful God, with Parker in the gift of the Holy Spirit and in the Spirit's power to awaken us to the truth and to inspire us to venture into the fullness of life. We give thanks that he has been moved to affirm his faith Help him to live not for himself, but for Christ and those whom Christ loves. Keep him steady, abounding in hope, never giving up, and pressing toward the goal of life, which you have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, Parker. This time I'd like to invite Liam forward. My life verse is 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. Do you know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. I chose this verse because it spoke to me when I first saw it, and I understood what it meant. It also relates to me and to running for God's eternal life with him. God created the heavens and earth. He made me to love him and to have a relationship with him. He helps me and guides me. He has a plan for all of us. I believe in God, the Father, who made us in his image. I believe that he sent his one and only son to save us from our sins. He deserves our love and worship because he is loving and caring. Jesus died on the cross for our sins so we could have a relationship with him. He came to earth for us to save us from our sins. He helped us to prepare us for his death. He saved us so we could have eternal life through him. Jesus wanted us to have a relationship with he wanted to have a relationship with us and was willing to put down his life for us. He sweat blood before putting being put on the cross. That just shows how nervous he was to face the cross, but he died and saved us all. That shows me how much he cares for each and every single one of us. He has helped me in some of my darkest moments. The Holy Spirit guides us on God's perfect plan. He helps us by using special skills to spread the word of God. He is our guide between Jesus and the second coming of Christ. He helps people to make the right godly choice to do the right thing. I have God in me through the Holy Spirit. I believe Christians have the Holy Spirit in them, but need to use it in our daily commitment to God. My faith impacts how I see the world and all the sin in it, like judgment people have when we are all created equal. It has changed my life and how I've lived after confirmation, I plan on growing in my faith by reading the Bible and applying it to my life. I also plan on helping others and growing their relationship with God by strengthening mine. After becoming a member of the church, I plan on making it to more church services, going to the youth group, and growing in my faith through Bible study. I also plan on going, growing, growing on with my faith and growing to help others to grow in their faith, faith to through knowing God's word. All right, Liam. Do you here in the presence of God and of this congregation renew the solemn promise and vow that you made or was made in your name at your baptism? Do you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and pledge your allegiance to his kingdom? Do you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament? And do you promise, according to the grace given you, to live a Christian life and always remain a faithful member of Christ's holy church? Right, amen. Liam, I invite you to come down here as well. And once again, the elders and Liam's parents to come forward to pray for him. Once again, Liam, this is our honor and joy as we just heard you 
affirming your faith and reading your faith statement. Uh, we're overjoyed to be able to do this today. And again, your parents are here by your side uh, representing your family and our elders are here representing our church family, all here to, to support you and encourage you and to, to equip you, continue to equip you to walk with the Lord each day. Let's pray together. Leah, may the God of mercies multiply grace and peace in you. Enable you, enable you truly and faithfully to keep the vows you make today. Defend you in every time of danger. Preserve you to the end. And finally, bring you to rest with all the saints in glory everlasting. We rejoice, O merciful God, with Liam and the gift of the Holy Spirit and in the Spirit's power to awaken us to the truth and to inspire us to venture into the fullness of life. We give thanks that he has been moved to affirm his faith, keep him, help him to live not for himself but for Christ and those whom Christ loves. Keep him steady and abounding in hope, never giving up and pressing toward the goal of life with you in Jesus Christ. Amen. Congratulations. Don't run away yet. You're not done. <laughs> I invite you guys to come back up here. Stand back here again, just like we were at the start. So the hard part's done, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> You guys did a great job with your faith statement. And I don't know about, I, I can probably speak for everybody else here. You know, it's, it's always encouraging to hear right from you about what you've learned about the Lord and your faith in him. And so thank you for sharing that today. And, and we've all been encouraged and blessed by what you had to, what you had to share with us. Uh, we have a couple more questions for you as we uh, continue on this journey together here today. Um, as you are confirmed into the, into your faith, and if you've taken time to profess Jesus as your savior and Lord, uh, we also have this opportunity to welcome you into Christ's church as members of first church. Now, membership is more than just voting at meetings and giving to the church. It involves joining in the mission and vision of First Church. All the members, all of us, working to achieve the purpose that God has for us. And that purpose is represented by our mission statement. And so I invite all of you, both our new members and all current members of First Church, to affirm your commitment to the First Church by reading the mission statement together. Again, the words are in your bulletin. First Church is a community of faith who engage biblical truth to provide an environment where people mature as disciples of Christ. And to accomplish our mission, First Church will encounter our Creator, embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to become His disciples, empower lives through God's living Word, the Bible, engage the Holy Spirit to provide guidance and direction, encourage others to know Christ, and strengthen their relationship with God, enrich the body of Christ by going forth and supporting fellow disciples. So Parker and Liam, now that you are becoming members of the church, do you promise to participate in the life and worship of the church and to live out the mission statement with the help of God to the best of your ability? Praise God. In church, I invite you to welcome them into Christ fellowship. We promise you our continuing friendship and prayers as we share the hopes and labors of the Church of Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, may we continue to grow together in God's knowledge and love, encourage each other to live out the mission statement of the Church, and be witnesses of our risen Savior. Amen. Well, they also had an opportunity to pick out a class song, um, and so we have an opportunity now as a church family to worship the Lord together by singing that. Uh, the song they chose is a familiar one to many of us. It's the song 10,000 Reasons, and so as the praise team comes forward to, to get their spots, you guys can go and have a seat with your families and encourage everyone who's able to stand and join us as we worship the Lord together by singing 10,000 Reasons.
Amen. Amen. We are not having children's chat this morning, but I do want to encourage you to take this time to greet your neighbor as the choir comes forward. Good morning. Good morning. You may be seated. I also want to invite our deacons to come forward to collect the offering at this time. Do you feel the world is broken? Do you feel the shadows deepen?
Amen. I invite you to pray with me at this time. Father God, we are so grateful because of who you are. Lord Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of all glory, laud, and honor. In this day on Palm Sunday, we remember your triumphal entry as the crowds gathered together, as, as you rode in on that donkey, they sung, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we join with them and, and lift up our voices together as well, saying, Hosanna in the highest, because you are worthy of our praise. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity we have on a regular basis to gather here and praise you and worship you. Today is a special day where we remember Lord, your, your triumphal entry. But we have the joy and the privilege and the, and the honor, Lord, to worship you every day of our lives because we know that you are the king who reigns, that you are worthy of it all. And so, Lord, help us to not just set aside one day out of the year to praise you like you deserve, but help us to praise you every day of our lives. Lord, as we gather here in this place, we also are thankful for our confirmation class and, and their, the affirmation of faith that they made here today. I do pray that you strengthen and, and encourage and equip them to love and to know, love, and serve you all the days of their lives, Lord. And I pray the same for all of us who are able to, to witness their commitment here today, Lord. May it remind us of our own commitment to follow you. And may we be encouraged and inspired to follow you as our Savior and Lord as well. Lord, we have many concerns today. We, lift, we lay them all at the foot of your cross. Um, Lord, whatever burdens we carry, whatever struggles we're experiencing, Lord, you know the cries of our heart. Before we even lift them up to you, you know what's on our heart and mind. And so we, we lift all of them up to you, whether we're here in the sanctuary or listening on the radio or watching online. Lord, you know what's going on in our hearts. You know what it is we need. And so we entrust our burdens, our cares, our joys, our doubts, our grief to you, Lord. And pray that you work in and through us by the power of your Holy Spirit to apply in our lives what has already been accomplished through Jesus Christ, have ordained for us according to your will. Lord, we pray for those in authority over us as your word calls us to do. And so this day we do pray for our national government leaders. We pray for our president, our Congress, the Supreme Court and other elected and appointed officials. We ask for your wisdom and guidance in their lives as they seek to lead this country well. And I do pray, Lord, that they would have a hunger and thirst after your righteousness and that you would fill them. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. I invite Zach forward for our scripture reading today. From Luke 19, 28 through 40. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached the Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, the owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all of the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, 
Rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Thank you, Zach. Let's pray together again. Father God, we thank you for the reading of your word. And as we, as we gather around your word now, Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit to guide us. I pray that you would give me words to speak and that you would soften all of our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us today. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So I want you to just imagine for a moment if you were there on that first Palm Sunday, right? Some 2,000 years ago, Jesus enters into Jerusalem to crowds, literally praising him and, and cheering him on. I mean, what would you have done? Would you have joined in with the crowd and praised Jesus? Would you have been like one of the Pharisees or religious leaders that were trying to, that were doubting and trying to, trying to put an end or put a stop to what was happening? It's interesting. We'd all like to think that we would be like those disciples, right? We'd like to be the crowd praising Jesus and recognizing the, the significance of the moment. See, Jesus understood what he was doing, right? Think about, think about the scene that you just heard described, right? Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He was, he was setting up this scene, right, to, 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 to communicate something very important, right? Just like he would a few days later on Maundy Thursday when he would uh, institute the Last Supper with, with his disciples. Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is just dripping with messianic significance, right? And, and we, we know that Jesus was, was playing into that whole idea as well. Right, the disciples here are rolling out the red carpet. Luke's gospel doesn't explicitly mention right, the palm branches, but we know from other gospels that they were waving palm branches, right? but they were laying down their cloaks as a way to, to honor him. Right? Essentially, they were rolling out the red carpet for Jesus as he was entering into Jerusalem. And Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. The colt that he wrote on is a reference to Zechariah 9.9, right? That says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Again, Jesus riding on the donkey, entering into Jerusalem to the praises of his people was just uh, the fulfillment of all these messianic promises all kind of coming together at once. He knew what the colt would mean to his disciples as well as his opponents, right? Donkeys aren't, aren't beasts of war, right? They symbolize victory that has already been achieved. And so Jesus didn't come into Jerusalem to conquer by worldly means. He didn't come to overthrow the government. He came to lay down his own life. That was the way to his victory. And so he was publicly proclaiming his identity as the messianic king, right? Yet he is... Yet he is also turning their expectations on their head. Right? He doesn't come as the conquering king. He comes as a suffering servant. He knows that he rides to his very own death, even if the crowds don't realize it yet. The joy of Palm Sunday quickly transforms into the grief and the confusion of Good Friday. But in that moment, on that first Palm Sunday, we see just the excitement kind of being built up and the crowds shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Right? Those, those are, words are very significant. The first phrase, blessed is the one or blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Right? We read it in our call to worship from Psalm 118. You see, but this king isn't this king is going to be lifted up, not on a throne, but on a cross. He's going to be exalted, but not in the way that they think. And that peace in heaven and glory in the highest, right? Those echo the words that the angel announced to the shepherds on the day that Jesus was born. And the peace and the glory announced that his birth is achieved through the laying down of his own life, not through military might or conquest. So Jesus comes into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday, not as the conquering king that some would have expected or some would have wanted. Right? He doesn't live up to all the expectations maybe that the other religious leaders had for Jesus. But he comes in intentionally and purposefully communicating that he is the Messiah. He is the king 
entering into his kingdom. So the question that I have for us here this morning is, is how are we going to respond to that? And we see three things that are important for us to note, and I want to share them with you quickly this morning. First, first on, on Palm Sunday today in 2022, right, we need to, like the disciples then, praise Jesus with an overflowing joy. Right, notice here that it says, as, they, as the crowd was gathering around and as Jesus was coming in, it says the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Right, notice, first of all, it's not just the 12 disciples, but there had been a whole crowd that had been following Jesus throughout his ministry, that had been listening to his teaching, that had witnessed his miracles. And that crowd had gathered to witness Jesus entering into Jerusalem. And they began to joyfully praise God. I can't help but think of the scene from 2 Samuel chapter 6 of David, King David, entering into Jerusalem, escorting the Ark of the Covenant. That too was a joyful procession, right? As, as David and the other priests offered sacrifices and led the people to praise God as the ark was being brought in, this, joy, this triumphal entry on Palm Sunday is very simple. Jesus is both the, the king who is to come and the high, great high priest who represents his people before God. Right? He is coming in fulfillment of that promise. And so like David in 2 Samuel 6, who was worshiping and praising God, you know, he wasn't concerned about what others may think. We too need to praise Jesus with overflowing joy. We need to be willing to worship him like he deserves and not be concerned about the world, what the world says or what the world thinks. We need to be willing to praise him with all that we have. And we need to be willing to praise him for his work in our lives and in the world. Right? It says that they're praising him for the miracles that they had experienced. So my question for you is, how has Jesus changed your life? Right? What difference has Jesus made in your life? We just heard two confirmation students stand here and talk about their faith in Jesus and the difference he's made. Would you be willing to or able to do the same? Right? Could you articulate the way that Jesus has impacted your life? And does that lead you to joyful praise of God? I hope so. I hope it does. And so one way to praise God joyfully is to really think about what we have to be thankful for and take time to praise him for specific things, not, not just in general, although general praise is not bad in and of itself, but think of specific things to be thankful for. I really do believe if we take the time to reflect right on our lives, look back on what we've been through, we'll see things that are praiseworthy. Right? We'll recognize God's goodness and his faithfulness and his provision throughout our lives, and it will cause us to praise him like he deserves. And so we need to praise Jesus with overflowing joy. The second thing we need to do is pick which crowd we're going to join. Right? On the, that first triumphal entry, right, the, the crowd of disciples gets all the attention. Right? They're the ones praising Jesus, waving the palm branches, laying down their cloaks. But notice that there's another crowd that's beginning to gather as well. And those are the Pharisees and others who are doubting Jesus. In fact, they tell Jesus to rebuke the disciples, basically tell them to quit, put an end to it. But Jesus says, no, if I tell you, if they keep quiet, the very stones will cry out. We need to be mindful of the company that we keep because the company we keep will influence us one way or the other. So choose which crowd you're going to join. Are you going to join with the the crowd of disciples who praise Jesus, unconcerned about what the rest of the world thinks? Or will you join the crowd of scoffers and mockers who doubt Jesus and his work in this world? Because our company does influence our lives. Think of the paralytic and his friends in Mark 2. These four friends bring a paralyzed man to Jesus, but they couldn't get to Jesus because the crowd was so big. So they actually had to dig a hole through the roof of the house that Jesus was in and lower the man to him. And what is Jesus's response? He heals the man, right? But Jesus says something very interesting. He says, he saw the faith of the friends and healed the paralytic. 
right? It was the friend's faith. It was their willingness to bring their friend to Jesus that made the difference. We need friends like that in our lives. We need friends who are going to bring us to Jesus. We need friends who are going to point us to Jesus. And we need to be that kind of friend to others as well. That's why it's so important for us to to actively participate in our church family. Right? God has provided brothers and sisters in Christ for us to, to encourage and be encouraged by. Right? To live life together. And to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That's what Hebrews chapter 10 says. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So be mindful of the company you keep. Pick which crowd you will join because it will make a difference in your life and your walk with the Lord. And the last thing we see here is we need to remember not to neglect our responsibility to praise God. Right? Jesus says that, that if we keep quiet, the very stones will cry out. But don't delegate our responsibility to praise God to his creation, right? to the stones. We have a role to play in that. All creation does glorify God. And we see that throughout scripture, like Psalm 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Maybe Isaiah 55, 12, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into songs before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Or maybe Psalm 98, 8, let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. See, creation does glorify God. Creation does speak of his good work. But that's what we were made for too. Right? That's who we were created to be. So don't leave it to the rocks. Right? Don't leave it to, to nature to glorify God alone. Join with creation and sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Right? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Right? Hallelujah, which means praise the Lord or praise Yahweh. Or Hosanna, which is a cry out, please save us. Right? We have a responsibility. We were made to glorify God. So don't leave it up to the rocks. Join with creation in praising our Savior and our Lord. See, we were made to glorify God with the praise of our mouths, right? And singing and, and, and studying scripture and praying to, the, to, to God, but also with our very lives. We worship with our lives. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul writes, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we gather this Sunday on Palm Sunday. We're reminded of that triumphal entry, right? The crowds waving their palm branches, laying down their cloaks as a way to honor God. But it's also just a glimpse of the worship that is already taking place in heaven, in the throne room of God. And we see a picture of that in Revelation chapter 4, as the apostle John is, is, is led by the Spirit into seeing this, this glimpse of, of heaven and all its glory. He sees the throne and he sees the, the living creatures and the angels around there. He sees the 24 elders. And they are constantly and continuously praising the one who sits on the throne, praising the Lord. But in that scene, they're not waving palm branches, right? They're casting down their crowns, right? They're, they're laying their crowns at the feet of the Lord. And that's what we get to do, not just on Palm Sunday, but all day, every day, worship God and praise him. And that's my encouragement to you today. Let's join in, not just waving palm branches, but our very lives honoring and glorifying God in everything we do. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we get to join in with all of creation, glorifying and praising you. We thank you for that day some 2,000 years ago, Jesus, as you entered into Jerusalem, riding in as that, as that messianic king, not the one that we thought we needed, but, or the, we thought we wanted, but truly the one we needed, the one who is coming to lay down his life for us. Lord Jesus, you are worthy of all praise and honor and glory, and we worship you together today. We pray these things all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
I encourage you as we close our service, if you're able to please stand with us as we sing the praise song, We Fall Down. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You may go in peace.